Welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast here at uh, jconline.com through SoundCloud. Uh, Mike Carmen covers the Boilermakers for the Journal and Courier newspaper along with jconline.com. Uh, trying to make sense of what happened Saturday at Ross Aid Stadium as Purdue beat Illinois 13-9. Uh, yes, there was one touchdown in this game. There were field goals. Um, it was a fun field goal game, if that's if that makes any sense at all. But uh, there was a lot of uh, missed opportunities on offense by both teams, uh, a lot of uh, stagnation on offense from both teams, a lot of opportunities on offense for both teams that they just didn't didn't take advantage of. Uh, but Purdue scored when it needed to, scored late, and then the defense made the stop as Illinois was driving. They got down to the Purdue 19-yard line with under a minute to go, but... Uh, failed on fourth down and you know and, and the Purdue defense is why the Boilermakers won this game uh, you know, I don't think that's any surprise to anybody but this defense continues to get better and it shows different things every week now I know Illinois is not a juggernaut on offense their quarterback play is suspect at best they don't have a group of what I would consider game-breaking, talented wide receivers. Uh, two of their wide receivers are converted quarterbacks. Doesn't mean they they're not they they can be good and they probably will be good at some point, but they're not there yet. But it all, in my opinion, starts with the subpar quarterback play they're getting uh, from Brandon Peters. Um, he was uh, ten for twenty-six against Maryland last week. And then today, um, he's 14 of 26, but only for 100 yards. And, you know, he got sacked a couple times, um, off the mark a couple times. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of that's related to Purdue's defense, how it's playing, uh, the pressure they were getting in the backfield um, against uh, that offensive line. And, you know, to me, this all goes back to um, the addition of Mark Hagan. Uh, to this coaching staff and he was you know I, he, he he has been Jeff Brown's biggest addition uh, in the offseason because on both sides of the ball everything starts up front uh, defensively it starts with what kind of pressure you can get from your defensive line what kind of havoc can they create in the backfield you know the more they do the less you have to do as far as bringing pressure from the linebackers and also the the secondary, uh, but Purdue has has ramped up how it plays defense. It is playing more aggressively. Uh, it is challenging things as Jeff Brown wanted them to, and I think the defense right now is in a pretty good place. Any any time you keep a Big Ten team out of the end zone, I don't care how how bad they are or you know anything like that. This is it's still a Big Ten team that has. 41 upperclassmen, 41 seniors or super seniors, both a combination. So there's some experience there. There's some talent there. uh, And Purdue kept them out of the end zone. But the defense continues to to, to add new wrinkles and continues to play well each week. And, you know, that's the way it's going to have to be here until, you know, Purdue can figure out some things offensively. Um, so it's better. Um, 
and we'll get to that in a little bit. But the de- the defense really, you know, won the game for him. Um, and with so much attention being paid to George Karloftis, which is an every week thing, uh, I thought the defensive tackles really played well. Lawrence Johnson, Branson Dean, before he he was injured uh, and had had to leave a game, and he didn't return. Demarche Lewis, Prince Boyd, even Bryce Austin was in there. Um, that rotation, there there there's depth there. Uh, they're keeping guys fresh as as you get into the second half, and, and the defense was on the field a lot in the second half. Um, I think Illinois ran 45 of their 67 plays after halftime. They had two 13-play drives, but only got three points out of both of those drives. So, you know, the defense is doing its job right now. I mean, they're 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 playing hard. They're hitting hard. Um, they're creating negative plays. They had nine tackles for loss uh, today, two sacks, one by George Karloftis, which was a strip sack, but Purdue didn't recover. Um, so the, the defense, I think, is gone well above what maybe we all thought they would be after after four games. Um, and you know, and it's it's the the offense needs to figure some things out. But defensively, I, I you know I think what what we've seen is what is, you're going to get the rest of the year. Um, you know, they are pretty. You know, they are pretty tough. Um, they're strong. They're physical. Um, you know, Marvin Grant will come downhill and hit you hard. Uh, so they've they've really taken a lot of ownership in this defense and made it a more prideful unit than it was a year ago. Uh, and that can only mean good things uh, for Purdue. And as you know, I think I've written and said that um, you know this defense reminds me a little bit of 2017, where it it did carry the load and put the offense in some positions to score. And they did, and they won enough games to get to a bowl game. And I think that's what you're looking at right now, uh, trying to accomplish. You know, as as we've all talked about or thought, this two-game stretch against Illinois and Minnesota was really huge uh, from the standpoint that Purdue had a, has a chance now to go to 4-1 and one, heading into their off week and then trying to pick up two more wins down the stretch here or more. Uh, to put themselves in a in a really good position, um, so you know they the, the defense. Um, yes, they give up some plays. They give us some yards. You know, Josh McCray had 154 yards rushing, uh, but he never got in the end zone. And you know, I think you, you'll give up yards between the 20s all you want, but keeping them out of the end zone, keeping them uh, from from taking the lead and taking control of this game. You know, it became clear that the first team to score a touchdown probably would win the game. And that was the case uh, with Purdue. Uh, so, you know, hats off to the defense, how they played, how they continued to play. Um, you know, be, you know, if they can get back healthy again. Uh, you know, Branson Dean, as, as we mentioned, left late in the first half after colliding with a teammate on a sack. Uh, don't know his status uh, going into Minnesota, Corey. Corey Trice uh, dealing with an ankle injury. Um, doubtful, in my opinion, that he plays against Minnesota, but with the off week, maybe uh, maybe he gets back for the Iowa game. Uh, we don't know exactly um, whether his ankle, you know, what the status of his ankle is, whether it was a, 
a sprain, high sprain ankle or something else. But, you know, maybe the off week will do him good and uh, maybe he could come back as Purdue would gear up for the, the second uh, part of the season. Now, offensively, um, this was tough to watch. Um, but, you know, when, when you look at the, the really big picture of things, and I know it's hard to do for for fans in the moment at the game as you're just focused zeroing in on who's on the field. But when you take a, a big step back um, and, and see who's not there right now, and know that Purdue doesn't have a lot of depth in its program anywhere, really. That you know, it's not a it's not a big surprise that they only put up 13 points against Illinois. Um, but they had chances to put up more. I mean, they settled for a couple red zone field goals when you've got to score touchdowns in those situations. But otherwise, they didn't move the ball a whole lot until the last drive. But. And that's where, that's kind of where things need to start right now. It's like, okay, are we back to waiting until game time to figure out who the quarterback is going to be? Or will Jeff say on Monday, um, Aiden O'Connell's going to be a starter. Jack Plummer's going to be his starter. Um, so now we're, we're back to that. You know, you have to think the way O'Connell played. He came in in the third quarter, nearly got him in the end zone on his first drive, but a tip pass ended with an interception, and then he had another interception later when it bounced off Kyle uh, Bilodeau's uh, shoulder. Um, didn't look like it would be Purdue's day, but, you know, the 10-play, 94-yard drive uh, was a, was the best thing, best thing that happened to them offensively uh, in the game. Now, the first drive of the game was really good, 15-plays drive, but it only ended in a field goal. And that's where Purdue has bogged down here the last couple days or couple games where they've they need to punch those things in and get get touchdowns. Um, you get some touchdowns early in that game on Saturday. You're up fourteen nothing on Illinois. You know you got to think you have control of it, control of it at that point, and you're forcing them out of their comfort zone. As long as it's three to nothing, six to three, um, nine to six, whatever it is. You know, they know that they are a field goal away from tying and a touchdown away from taking the lead. Um, so, you know, Purdue's defense has stepped up in those situations. But offensively, um, I just – things can get better uh, because you're, you're missing David Bell. You're missing King Derue. You're missing Xander Horvath. Now you're missing Payne Durham, who got hurt in the game. and You know, left in the second quarter and didn't return after – a brutal hit uh, in the head area, uh, probably the shoulders. Um, but you're missing a lot of your top line guys on offense, and you're already you're already dealing with a suspect offensive line. Um, and I I just don't know what what to expect out of this offense. You know, is what is it what Aiden O'Connell did on that drive, the game winning drive, to put him ahead. Or is it something that Jack Plummer has done outside of the UConn game? You know, Jack Jack Plummer, had, you know, two fourth quarter drives against Oregon State to win that game. You know, O'Connell has a has a fourth quarter drive um, to to win this game. 
you know, and he also had an opportunity against Notre Dame to come in and, and save the day. But he, you know, he, he had two interceptions. He had two more, two more interceptions today. So he has four interceptions, uh, in his, uh, what is it? One, two, three quarters, the last two games that he's played. I know he played some against UConn. Um, but, uh, you know, last three game, or last two games have been three quarters and he's got four interceptions and, but he's got a big touchdown pass to TJ Sheffield, uh, that put Purdue in the lead with, as we mentioned, 544 to go. But, you know, Brown will be asked the question on Monday as far as who the starter is going to be. And, he probably will wait until things play out during the week from a competition standpoint, um, and then make make the announcement or reveal the announcement during warmups, which brings some added value to the backside report, which is on Twitter that that we do about seventy minutes before kickoff, I think, when Purdue comes out and warms up. So uh, could be. Could be a very high interest in the backside report this week, uh, as people will be eager to know who the starter is against uh, Minnesota. But regardless of the start, who the starter is, Purdue um, needs to increase its efficiency on offense. And you know, in this game against Illinois, uh, Purdue again struggled to run the ball. Um, they had some issues pushing the ball downfield, but once they they found the holes that they needed to find things picked up from a, from an offensive standpoint. But anyway, that's kind of where things are at right now. Um, you know, obviously, Purdue needs to find a running game. And Illinois was basically daring them to run the ball, but Purdue's strength is passing. And, you know, guys stepped up and made... Um, Made big plays today, and without David Bell and without Marshawn Rice, you had uh, Milton Wright had a couple catches on the on the game winning drive. Um, Abdur Raham Raham Rahman uh, Yassin probably butchered his name, so I apologize. Uh, you know, made his first catches of the season, and they were you know they were big plays. They were important catches. So. Um, these are guys that without, you know, if David Bell's in there and Marshawn Rice is in there, then these are guys that probably don't get, get an opportunity, um, to, to showcase what they're they're all about. And now you've, you've got a group of receivers that are hungry. Uh, they, they've, they've gotten a chance to play and they're eager to play more. Uh, so curious how Jeff Brown will handle the receiver rotation against Minnesota, assuming David Bell is back. Um, you know, he didn't, uh, clear concussion protocol, uh, so he's still being involved in that. And then, then I, you know, I think the next time they check him might be Monday. If not Monday, it'll be Tuesday, and you know they'll probably just ease him back in. But I don't, I don't know if it's a hundred percent necessary that he plays. His health is more important than anything else. Um, it is important that he plays, but. Obviously, Purdue proved a little bit today that they they didn't need him to be on the field. And I know it's a different team uh, than Purdue played, you know, today. Today you're playing Illinois. Next week you're playing Minnesota. And then you've still got Iowa uh, to face and you've got Wisconsin to face. So there's some 
some big, big changes or big challenges coming up on the schedule that Purdue is going to have to deal with. Um, and we'll just see how, how they deal with that with right now, a limited running game. And a lot of this has to do with the offensive line and kind of their state of mind and where they're at. Um, but McCaffrey's a good, um, I'm sorry. Uh, so they, you know, they've got, they've got to figure some things out and trying to, um, get, um, get things going from a, from a running game standpoint. I mentioned McCaffrey because he's on, he's on one of my fantasy teams and he just blurted into my mind knowing that he's out for like three or four weeks, you know, Purdue's down to two running backs now, basically. They're down to Dylan Downing and Jaquez Cross. Cross got to start, uh, but they didn't generate a whole lot. Um, Downing had a had a decent, you know, had decent 39 yards, but you're going to need more out of the running game. And now that, you know, this is going to be the M.O. for Purdue um, on offense is, you know, force them to run the ball, take away their strength, which is the pass, and see if uh, Purdue can beat them, beat you. And that's what Minnesota is probably going to do. Minnesota is going to have better players, uh, more physical players. Um, you know, they've, they've really taken it to Purdue over the last several years. Uh, and Purdue needs to figure out a way to beat them. Uh, because, you know, to get to 4-1 with this team, with the injuries that they've had, and the frontline players that they're missing would be quite an accomplishment. And if you can get get through this next game, somehow get a win... You're four and one. You go to the off week. Who knows how many players you can get back at that point as, before you go to Iowa and then host Wisconsin and go through the whole the whole shebang there. Uh, so it's another important game. Um, maybe not must must win, but pretty pretty darn close to a must win situation when you look big picture. Uh, and that's what. Purdue's going to have to do. They have to figure out a way to uh, to keep their their linemen away from the quarterback, whoever that may be, and then figure out a way to generate some yards in the running game. And Jeff Brown is going to have to scheme. You know, he's been trying to scheme around all this the last couple weeks um, because you just don't know what trick is going to he's going to use or or something of that nature. So it's going to be interesting that he you know right now he has to scheme around not having a running back that has been in the program for for more than a year um and you know he's trying he's got to figure that out um but anyway you know and who the quarterback is going to be and all that will be the major questions going into this week and if anybody else comes out of uh, Saturday's game in in a health situation and what what, what that's going to mean for for the team and the in the program coming up uh, during this week. Well, we appreciate you stopping by. Don't know if the, any of this made any sense to you. Uh, probably not, but you'll you'll filter what you what you want and put on your bowling shoes and. And, and do uh, do whatever you do on a Sunday. Maybe watch some NFL. I don't know. Anyway, appreciate you stopping by. Con- questions, comments, concerns. Uh, you know how to get a hold of me, and uh, we'll we'll answer uh, the best we can. And uh, you know, hopefully, um, you know, it's going to be homecoming on Saturday. 
Uh, Purdue should have a nice crowd. Uh, I think the weather's supposed to be decent as of, as of right now, but we've all seen changes in the weather. And uh, so another big week coming up for the Boilermakers, and uh, we'll see how they how they fare against the, the Golden Gophers. All righty, thanks for stopping by, and uh, have a good day.